Psalm 82, verse 1 and 5 to 7. I like that translation because it said God presides in the great assembly. My translation says God stands in the congregation of the mighty. Presides. God presides. And you know the scripture tells us that where two or three are gathered together, uh, there he is amongst us. And the Lord God who is in our midst is mighty, so says the scripture. So we are talking about the gathering of God's people. God, where God presides. And those who join in that great assembly, they are called gods. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, are you getting this point I'm making this morning? I want yes. you to follow. God presides. God, God reigns. We are talking about the Lord reigning just now in our worship. Thank God for that song of worship, so impactful. But it says, amongst the mighty, amongst the mighty ones, amongst the, the gods, he judges, he exercises judgment in the midst of gods. So let me quickly say this, those who have the, the, uh, the privilege or fellowshipping with God, true fellowship with God. Those who can engage in true fellowship with God, they are not just mere men. They belong to the company of gods. Wow. And that's why I said it's a crucial truth but a truth not well grasped by even the best of us. God reigns in the midst of God. Big G, O-D, and small G, O-D-S, God. If you have the capacity to fellowship with God, to interact with God, even though you may look like mere mortal, you are actually not. You belong to the company of the mighty ones, the company of gods. That is what God has called us into. God has called us into the fellowship of gods. We, we have, I mean, the scripture has put it in small G-O-D so that we won't quite equate ourselves to the most high God. No. We are not the most high God, but we are gods in our capacity, according to God, according to the capacity God has placed us. Now, if you go to verse five, but these ones who are gods, They don't know. There is, a, there is a problem of ignorance. Chapter 5 is trying to tell us. Uh, verse 5, rather. There is a problem of lack of knowledge and understanding by those who are called gods as to their true identity. Does that, does that seem clear to us from the passage we've read? 
Is that clear to us from there? Can we figure out that? Now, the consequence of that ignorance is that things are out of place. When those who are placed on the earth as God cannot see themselves as God and they don't understand their role as God, things get out of place. There is instability and there is chaos. Because it, it will take the gods to maintain order on the earth. Wow. Just as at the beginning, darkness covered the world, the whole earth, thick darkness. And God had to step in to, be, to bring order. The Bible said chaos. The whole world was chaotic at the time. There was chaos. But as the spirit of God moved, God stepped in and brought order. Where gods are not functioning as gods, there will be chaos, there will be confusion, there will be darkness, there will be disorder. And that's exactly what is being pointed out there. Because it will take gods to be gods to bring order on the earth. Can someone read for me? Psalm 115 verse 16. You know it's a popular, it's a, it's a, it's a verse I, I like so much. Someone can read Psalm 115 verse 16 for me. Just for us to have context to this. To what I've just said now. Please, let's be fast about it. Because we are building, God is building a picture for us this morning. And because I can't see you, you... I'll read um, I'll Okay. Read. Yeah, please go ahead, my sister. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. Yes. But the earth he has given to the children of men. So the heavens, even the heavens of the heavens, they are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the children of men. So we are talking about men to whom God has given charge over the earth. Just as he presides in the heavens, he has given some people to be in charge of the earth. And those are the people he has called gods. Gods on the earth. Hallelujah. This is a crucial truth. So if those who are put in charge of the earth cannot understand their identity and operate in the place of God on the earth, the whole, he said, the foundation of the earth, they are unstable. They are shaking. Institutions will be shaken. You will see chaos on the earth. There are foundations that sustain our earth. I won't go into that today. But every fabric of our society will be affected. Because the reason God has placed God on the earth is so that order can be maintained. And you will, you will agree with me that the problems now on, on the earth today 
seem to defy solution by mere men will require something much more than mere men to put right. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let's go back to that Psalm 82 verse 6. This morning is just an introduction I'm going to be giving uh, so that that Psalm 86 then went, uh, 82 rather, Psalm 82, sorry, verse 6. Then goes ahead to tell us what God has said. He said, but I have said you are God. I have said you are God. All of you, children of the Most High, all of you, who are children of the Most High. Amen. So which means everyone who is truly a child of God through the atoning work and the redemption by the blood of Jesus Christ is actually no longer a mere man but a God. A God. Are we, are we getting this point? Yes. Do we understand this point? Every one of us. We are created, recreated in Christ Jesus as God's. If truly God is our father, then we are God's. This is not blasphemy. In fact, it was what the Jews wanted to stone Jesus Christ for. They just knew it was going, it was going too far. That's what they thought. But he told us, in, in response to them, he said something. Let's go to John chapter 10 with one finger still in that place, in that uh, Psalm 82. If you go to, um, if you go to uh, John chapter 10, and you pick it from verse 31, just for time, somebody who can read fast for us from verse 31 to verse 39, I guess, yes. Let's look at the context in which Jesus was accused and what his response was to the Jews who accused him, the religious people. In fact, this one I'm teaching now, should I teach it in some places? They are likely going to say, don't give that man an opportunity to come and preach in this church again. <laughs> because, <laughs> because they will target heresy. They will target, what is it talking about? Because it is way too much for the natural mind to grasp. Are you getting the point I'm making? Yes, sir. So, uh, 
John 10 from verse 31 to 39. Let's read it. It's an introduction I'm giving this morning just to open our hearts to something that God will be communicating to us over the next few weeks. Yes? Again, Go ahead, again, the Jews picked up stones to stone him. Jesus answered them, I showed you many good works and many acts of mercy from the Father, for which of them are you stoning me? The Jews answered him, we are not going to stone you for, for a good work, but for blasphemy, because you are a mere man. Make yourself out to be God. Can you see that? You just been a mere man. From what you are saying, we can sense that you are trying to make yourself. You are trying to make yourself God. Because they saw the way he was talking. They saw the things he was saying. They said, this man, even calling God his father, is trying to make himself out in that sense to be God. Are you following me? Because, like I've told us before, what do you call the, 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 the young one of a goat? You call it a goat, isn't it? If a, if a lion gives birth to a child, you call the, that young lion a lion. You may put young, but it's still a lion. Are you following me? So the moment you start saying, God is your father, they understood that beyond even some of us. Then you are immediately saying, um, I'm then, in that sense, God. Because God cannot give birth to anything less than a God. You, is this perspective clear at all? Yes. So anyone who dare to make a true claim, and if it is true, that you are truly a child of God. By what the Jews themselves, they were even saying, it amounts to almost saying, you yourself, you are a God. And that was the offense of Jesus. So what we are teaching today will offend the religious mind. Maybe even some of us on this platform. Go ahead, my brother. Uh, verse 34, Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law? I said, you are God's human judges representing God, not divine beings. 35, if we call them God's men to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be undone or annulled or broken, if that is true, then do you, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and set apart for himself and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said I'm the son of God? Verse 37. Yes. If, I not, if I do not do the works of my Father, that is, the miracles that only God could perform, then do not believe me. But if I'm doing them, even if you do not believe me or have faith in me, at least believe the works that I do 
admit that they are the works of God, so that you may know and keep on knowing clearly, without any doubt, that the Father is in me, and I'm in the Father. That is, I'm one with him. Verse 39. So they tried again to seize him, but he eluded he their grasp. Amen. Praise God. I like that translation. I know it's the Amplified. I will pick that translation subs I mean, in subsequent weeks. But that translation clearly opens to us what it means to be a God. What it means to be God. Jesus talked about if they could not believe anything else to qualify him as God, <laughs> at least they could look at what the things he was doing, the manifestations from his life that confirmed that what he was doing, they were beyond the realm of human being, not mere human being. That's exactly what he wanted them to, to appreciate. Okay, if you think I'm making bogus claims, don't go too far. What I am doing, are there things within the realm of mere men? Or are there things that you yourself, you look at and say, this could only have been done by God? That was the basis, at least the evidence that he could present to them. That in his own attributes and manifestations, he was actually repli replicating God or representing God. Replicating what God can do. God only can do on the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. As a son of God. Brothers and sisters, the reason we are sons of God, even though with, I mean, in, in human body, is so that we can replicate the acts of God. We can manifest the attributes and the acts of God on the earth. So that what we can, I mean, our realm of operation will be things that know that not just, they are not just the realm of ordinary men, mere men, who haven't had our kind of experience of the second birth. Because this is what makes distinction between mere men and gods. A child of God, having the nature of God, is expected to perform and to live at a realm that is actually beyond the realm of mere men. Because this is the only way we can show that truly the scripture is true that God has made us gods on the earth. Does this make sense to us this morning? Yes, sir. 
The expectation of God in calling us gods, according to the scripture, which cannot be broken, which cannot be altered, which cannot be changed. God has already said it. He's not going to withdraw it. It is for us to live up to that. You may say, but I'm, I see myself as an ordinary person. I'm not even able to do. Yes, the word of God is still true, all the same. Even if all of us should, you know, we, 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 we grow old and we die, we don't live as gods on the earth. So, I mean, so be it. But the word of God will still remain the same. It is only we who are falling short of what the word of God says. God is not going to lower what he has said concerning us simply because we are not measuring up to it. That's the implication of what I've just said. So that word remains true, valid. Our experiences now, notwithstanding. May God help us and have mercy on us even at this time to begin to rise up, to live up to the divine expectation for our lives in Jesus' name. Because we have to live, to prove the word of God to be true in our lives. But the word of God is already established in heaven. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled and settled in heaven. Psalm 119, I think verse 89. And essentially what God wants to do at this time is to bring us into conformity with what his word has already said concerning us. Let's go back to Psalm 82, verse 7. Because these are the dangers. We saw one danger in verse 5, which is about things going out of order. If we lack understanding of what this is about, the number two thing, the number two danger is found in, in verse seven. And can somebody read Psalm 82 verse seven for us? Because that is important. And I pray that this will not happen to any one of us, any one of us, to whom this word of God has come in Jesus' name. Can somebody read verse seven? of Psalm 82. Oh, nobody's reading for me. You shall, you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Or in the, in the Passion, uh, nevertheless, in death you are nothing but mere men. You will be laid in the ground like any prince and you will die. Okay. Now, can we just look at that? So, um, let me get back. Let me get back to that passage myself. I, I just want to pick something there for you. Um, okay. My translation starts by seven with but. How does your translation start it, uh, Mark? Verse yeah. seven. 82, verse seven. 82 verse seven, New King James, but you shall die like men. Okay, but, but. And you know that's a deviation. When you say but, Now, which means we are not expected to die like mere men. No, the Bible says appointed unto man wants to die and after that judgment. It's not talking about not dying at all, 
but as mere men, ordinary men. And one of those princes, one of those earthly princes, brothers and sisters, that should not be any one of us. But failure to live as gods will make us to live as ordinary people and die as not ordinary people. We will live on the earth and exit the earth just like any ordinary person. But that immediately tells us that the expectation of God is that our existence here on earth should go beyond the realm of ordinary men and women around us. And our exit also should be such that you, they won't just say, it's one of those. No, 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 no. Are you following me? You will understand that people like Paul, they didn't just, they died, but not that ordinary men. They were men with their footprints put on the surface of the, of the earth, isn't it? They were men whose existence on the earth could never be forgotten because they left their footprint here. You cannot talk about a Peter dying as a mere man because they put their footprint here. Because they recognize who they are, a Moses, a Joseph. Are you following the point we're making? He's talking about our existence, our living, and our exit should not just be as mere people. It's something that the earth should feel and the heavens to recognize. Hallelujah. That indeed, someone has existed. May the Lord give us understanding of this truth in Jesus' name. Amen. You, because this is very important to the purpose of God for our lives. We are not expected to live as mere men and just die as mere men. If you want to look at how mere men live and die, just go and read Genesis chapter 5. It's an account of mere men. They came, they lived, except for a few of them, like Enoch who distinguished himself. They said they came, they have sons and daughters, uh, they get married, they have sons and daughters, and they died. That's what it means to die as mere men. Are you following me? That's exactly the picture. If all that could be said is that he, he, he came or she came and got married and had so, so, so number of children, had Alice, had John and Jacob, and then he died. Then that is not good enough for us. It has not simply said we won't make heaven though. It has not said we won't make heaven. No, 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 no. It has simply meant we did not live up to the divine expectation. We didn't live beyond the realm of those who did not even know him. And you know, that will be a tragedy. That though we say we know God, though we claim to be children of God, but our impact on the earth, our contributions, our influence on the earth did not go beyond those who did not know him. 
and I, and I believe this to challenge your heart. I said, okay, I claim to be a child of God. What, what is the difference that my life has made compared to those who have not? It's a great thing to be saved. You can't exchange anything for that. Our salvation is so, is so valuable, even if we did nothing after that. But God still wanted something much more for us to be a people. whose life and existence is beyond the realm of the ordinary people who did not know him. Hallelujah. Amen. The fruit of the scripture. And so, because this is so vital and this is so crucial, in order for us to understand this, uh, we are trusting God that the Holy Spirit will help us to look at this from three angles this subject of you are God. We'll look at it from the perspective of one, the nature and attribute, just like Brochas was reading from that John 10 verse 30. The nature and the attributes of a God. If God said you, you, Shesong, you, Tina, you, Mark, you, Anthony, you, whatever our names are, Tasmin or Yasmin or any of the other children there. If God says you are a God, then we need to understand what actually are the, what actually are the nature and attributes the nature and attributes of a God. Because the only way you can know who a God is, is to look at what is the nature of a God and what are the attributes of a God. That would be the number one thing we'll be considering. The number two thing we'll be looking at is to look at how we live as gods, living as gods, or living as a god. How do we live as a god individually? And the, three, the third aspect of it is operating as gods. How do we operate as gods or operating as a god at an individual level? How do I operate as a god? And that is the journey I believe God will be taking us, even in the course of these uh, teachings. Maybe this morning, as uh, maybe as, an as part of the introduction into the nature and attributes of a God. All I can say this morning is that for you to know, and I'm talking in the, in the context of the scripture, of the word that has come to us, because Jesus said, you know, if he calls them God, to whom the word of God has come, 
So we must understand the word that has come to us in order for us to operate as God. In the context of the word that has called us God, We, will, we can only understand who a God is by looking at the true living God himself, the true and living God himself, the most high God, whose sons we are. Our nature derives from his nature. Our attributes then should reflect his attributes. And that was exactly what God meant in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 29. I want someone to read it, read it carefully, and you will soon understand what God is saying there. And I'm praying that this, those verses, I know we've read them again and again and again, will make a different meaning to us even this morning in Jesus' name. Because what God is saying there if we understand it, it will change something inside of us this morning, even before we go far. Before we go far. From the beginning, you will understand what God actually wanted to do. And that's why I've always said, anyone who does not understand Genesis 1, 2, and 3 cannot understand the rest of the Bible, unfortunately. Because a number of mysteries are buried in there for us to uncover in order for us to understand the eternal plans and program of God, even for us as men on the earth. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 29. Someone please to read it for me. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Go on. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increasing number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. 29. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seeds in it, they will be yours for food. Amen. 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 Praise God. In essence, what God was saying there, if you can, if you if you have followed what we are saying so far, when God says, Let us make man in our own image and according to our own likeness and let them have dominion over and then mention the rest of the creation. What God in essence was saying 
if you compare that to Psalm 115 verse 16 we read, in essence, what God was saying was, let us make, who can complete that for me? Let us make, can somebody complete that for me? Let us make, oh, you're not following. You've switched off. Unmute your microphone if you know how to complete that. Let us make. Yes, Pastor. Let us make. God's. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Let us make God's. Essentially, that's exactly what God was saying. Because a man created in the image and likeness of God and having dominion over God's creation is not a mere man. That is, that's a God. So when God said, let us make mankind. So I like the word mankind so that you don't think he's talking about male or female. No, no, no. He's talking about mankind, which will include male and female. It was essentially saying, let us create gods, small g-o-d-s, on the earth. That's essentially what God was saying. Let us make man who will be gods. Mankind who will be gods on the earth. That's essentially what he's talking about. Because when you talk about image, you talk about likeness, you are talking about nature, you are talking about attributes. And you are talking about, when you talk about dominion, you are talking about authority of God. Anyone created to have the nature of God, the attributes of God, likeness, characteristics of God, and the power of God, the authority, the dominion of God, is a God. So God did not intend to make ordinary being. He actually set out from the beginning to make men who will be gods. Is that simple arithmetic clear? Yes, sir. That's exactly what God set out to do from the beginning. Before we continue from here, that program was distorted. The enemy knew it and wanted to abort it. After the fall of man, that program was distorted. But glory be to God, that was restored in our Lord Jesus Christ. And it is from here we will continue. The process of redemption was to restore mankind back to the original plans and purpose of God to be gods on the earth. Amongst whom God will fellowship, God will preside, and God will rule the entire earth. The entire world. Mm. Bow down heads here as we pray together. I want us to talk to God. And essentially what I want us to to trust God for this morning, to pray for this morning, is that God will open our eyes of understanding to discover this truth, to have a revelation of this truth done in our spirit man, that we are not mere women, we are not mere men. We are beyond the realm of the ordinary men. We are not mere men. By virtue of our redemption, in Christ Jesus, we are no longer mere men. 
God has elevated us beyond the realm of the fallen man. God has elevated us beyond the realm of the fallen man. God has brought us into the realm of God's. Pray this morning and say, Lord, oh, that my eyes will be open to this truth. Oh, that I will discover who I am. I will know my identity. I will know who I am as a child of God, called overcomer in Christ Jesus. Lord, you say, I am a God. Just talk to God this morning. I am a God brought into fellowship with yourself, brought into communion with you. And your expectation for me is to live beyond the realm of the ordinary people on the earth. Oh God, all that this truth will done on my heart. Oh, that my life will be transformed by the knowledge of this. So that my life, oh God, will meet with your expectation. We meet with, your, with the expectation, with what your word says concerning me. In the name of Jesus, I want us to pray about that. And let us pray that our, our lives here will be beyond the realm of the ordinary, will be beyond the realm of mere men, that our life will know a distinction. We will live at the realm that God's word has, has, has spoken concerning us, at the realm of the expectation of God, even on the earth in the name of Jesus a people putting things in order, a people who will get into chaotic situation and command order to reign there, a people who will, who will walk through the storms and command peace to reign there, a people who will dictate the pace of event on the earth. That is who God says we are. It may be with a word of prayer. It may be just be with a word of prayer you sign. It may be with a word you, you, you speak. It may be because in all of this, we will see God's attribute made manifest. Just pray that from today, our life will begin to reflect our true nature as sons of God made to be God on the earth in the name of Jesus.